am Brenda. And hi, I'm Amber. And this is the Minority Millennial Money Podcast. The contents of this podcast are informational in nature and are not legal or tax advice. And neither Amber nor I nor Minority Millennial Money is engaged in the provision of legal, tax, or any other advice. You should seek your own advice from professional advisors, including lawyers and tax accountants, regarding the legal, tax, and financial implications of any financial decision you contemplate. to another episode of Minority Millennial Money. Today we have a guest and his girlfriend who are willing to speak to us about their financial journey. Um, so today we have TJ and Aaron with us and of course co-host Amber. <laughs> I'm so, glad to um, yes, <laughs> glad to be back. Yeah. Um, okay, so TJ and Aaron, why don't you guys tell us a little bit about yourself? I will... Um, set the background a little bit here. I am in Mexico City for the week. Um, Amber is, as usual, in Hawaii, and TJ and Aaron are on the East Coast. So we did some major logistics time zone uh, coordinating to make this podcast happen. <laughs> but I you do guys want definitely you... Yeah, I do want you guys to give us a little bit of background and TJ, I believe you found out about us through my um my being a guest on Bigger Pockets, right? Yeah. Okay, cool. Yeah, so what did you TJ, what did you like about Brenda that you wanted to reach out to her? I'm really curious. Yeah, I saw the Bigger Pockets episode. It was amazing. Um but what what did you think of it? Uh so the first major reason I did want to reach out to her is because Erin is a nurse or she's in nursing school and she's an STNA right now or a PCA same thing (laughs) (laughs) but um she's doing that so I reached out and asked if she had any like advice for Erin but also you know then if it was somebody I could connect with about her then I could ask some questions about money and stuff too because she seemed like pretty intelligent (laughs) <laughs> definitely and so you you told us i know before you know we started the show that you're both 23 yeah yes and so what made you interested in in getting your finances together so early um well i grew up with my grandparents basically raised me and my older grandpa was really stubborn with money my whole life i've she knows i've we go out to dinner with him every week and he's still 84 years old argues the price of coke or a pizza went up by three cents or whatever. So I had to listen to that my whole life. So I kind of understood it at a young age. Um, I started working when I was like 15. So I just kind of always knew how to manage my money well. Um, I bought a house. I saved up and bought this house from my mom, actually. When she moved out of it, she was like, if you still looking to buy a house, because I've been kind of looking around, but everything was kind of expensive. So I got a little bit of a deal, but I saved up and bought a house. And I don't know, I've always kind of been interested in money. I've been around it. Like I said, my grandpa was always putting savings and stuff in my head. So I've always been around it. And then I actually started listening to Bigger Pockets when I lived in Cincinnati and I worked in Indianapolis for a little while. So I would drive an hour and a half to and from work every day. So 
that was my, that got me through the ride. So I started listening like in episode like 70, 80, somewhere around there. And I've listened to everyone since, but for a long time, that's all I did. One episode there, one back. So yeah, it helped out a lot. And Aaron, what got you into nursing or what made you decide to go to nursing school? Um, so my mom's a nurse. She's an OR nurse. Uh, she's also been promoted to an OR nurse educator now. Um, it's always kind of been in the back of my brain of something I wanted to do, but I never really wanted to commit to going to school for that long. But I finally buckled down and I was just like, I'm just going to do it. It's a good job. And I have my aesthetics license. I did that when I was 18. It's like a six month class. Um, I went to Aveda and got my license. I did waxing for a little bit and I was like, "Uh, I want to do more advanced stuff. And like, cause I really like skincare, but in the state of Ohio, you have to be an RN to do anything more advanced in aesthetics. Mm -hmm. So I decided why not just finally go ahead and do what I want to do. And I actually want to focus on wound care once I'm out of school. Awesome. Yeah. Cool. So what kind of investment vehicles are you guys using right now? Um, I guess, what do you, what are you doing with your money as far as like big picture is concerned? Yeah. Well, she's still, she's still stuck in that Robin Hood thing. She needs to get out of that, (laughs) but what were you going to say? Sorry. Well, I, I do want to, in light of what your investments are, what are your long-term goals? So you're 23 now. Where do you see yourself in 20 years? Uh, I don't know. I, I do like my career. It's just sometimes, like, you got to think sometimes I just, like, I came straight out of high school doing it, and it's it's a good-paying job. I'm a union, so I have good benefits and stuff. Sometimes it's it's pretty tough on your body. You know what I mean? I'm 23 and I've had hand surgery. Uh, I've, mm. I've had a lot of, a lot of injuries at work already at 23. And I know a lot of people who've had them even worse, you know, 50, 60 years old. So I don't know if I'll retire in this. It, it would be good financially, but I just see a lot of stuff. So I don't really know as far as work, mm-hmm. uh, but as far as like goals, like right now I live you know, I bought this house and I, I bought it for my mom, but it's not like my forever home. I want to move somewhere with a little more land. Um, other than that, I don't really know. I don't, I, it's hard to plan for when I'm 60. <laughs> I know you're, oh, and actually that's a good point because I was telling Amber that um, I was watching that Money Explained series on Netflix and they had a one on retirement and how, you know, especially at your age, because you, you, you've been in the workforce for a pretty short time, you you don't see the 60-year-old the version of yourself as somebody that you know. It's like a total stranger, like psychologically, right? So, yeah. okay, so maybe let me shorten it. In five to 10 years, do you want to rent out this house that you're in and have another one? Do you want, so then you would be into real estate. What is your goal as far as how much will be in your investments? Are you one of those people that's like, I want to get to a million dollars net worth by the time I'm 30 or 35? Because I met people like that too. And you know, in the fire space, 
early retirement is one of the goals and like on bigger pockets I shared like I don't really intend to stop working because I enjoy my work and I'm passionate about it but for some people they do want to leave the workforce entirely so if you could do that would you leave the workforce entirely um I I think I would but Mm I, I do have useful skills. Like you've mentioned before, you have very useful skills. Right. So there's stuff that I could do on the side. Like I could, I, I've never really thought about it, but I guess I could like start a business myself or do this, do that. That's not really in my plans, but I do, you mentioned like paying off this house. I'm not in a rush to pay it off, but I want to pay it off sooner rather than later and okay. rent it out. And then I do want to go buy like a house that I actually want to live in a little bit of land kind of away from people but but yeah that's my goal is to I want to I, I want to own this house probably forever but I don't want to live in this house forever so yeah I, I haven't I haven't looked into real estate too much though because I mean I'm 23 and I've looked at houses I, I've probably looked at like three or four houses before I bought this one And my mom kind of knew I was looking at houses and then she was like, we're thinking about moving. So I just like bought it. Like, so I really haven't, I've never even worked with a real estate agent. So there's a lot I could learn about real estate. Like, okay. There's a lot going forward I could learn, but it's definitely something I want to learn. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about like, um, you know, you said you were into welding. Is that a lucrative career for people out there who may be trying to figure out, you know, what they should do? I know you said that there's obvious physical limitations, um, but you th- do you think it's a lucrative career pay-wise if people want to reach financial independence? Yeah, I'd say it is because, I mean, so I got in, I got in non-union work when I was like right out of, well, actually right before I even graduated high school, I think I was still 17. And Let I worked Let me ask my- you about the education required to do that. How did so, you go to a community college, like a technical school? How long was that? How much did it cost you? So actually when I worked on union, it's basically like any other job. Like it would be as if you got a job at McDonald's. I mean, you can go to a company and just sign up and say you want to be a sheet metal worker, which will have you like bending duct work and building duct work and, you know, learning stuff on the job kind of non-union companies are kind of just like big contractors that just have a lot of work. So it's, they're not really, I mean, if you have that education, they can find a spot for you, but it's not necessary. But after I had like a year and a half, two years at that non-union company, it just, I mean, it's, it's hard to move up without like changing uh, companies. It's hard to like get raises. And, I mean, it's almost impossible. So what I did was I went to the union and said, like, I've got experience. By the time I started doing that, like two years later, I was like running work and stuff. I, I learned a lot on the job. But when I went to the union, um, they gave me a journeyman card, which is actually a five-year apprenticeship they gave me credit for. And then I've I've just kind of jumped between companies and my union, but I mean, it's all the same pay. But yeah, the union is a lot more pay, a lot, I mean, you have benefits, everything. 
So you actually got all your training on the job. You didn't yeah. pay to learn this stuff. I didn't pay a penny. And even the people that do like actually go through the five-year program, they don't pay either. It's all union dues. I mean, that's, it's all covered. It's all free. There's some people that get like three years of like credit and they mm-hmm. just do two years. Some people that get five years credit. There's some people, I mean. Okay. Yeah. And so they so gave you credit for the work you had already done. Yeah. Sorry, Amber, go ahead. And so you're getting paid this entire time, right? Yeah. So actually you would like go to work like a normal job, go at like five or six in the morning, get off. And then you would go to the school at night and which is like at the union hall and they just have like different years of your apprenticeship like separated into different things. And so how much does a typical um, journeyman, I think is what you, is the job title? How much does the person, how much does does this pay typically? So once you top out at a journeyman, um, I would say like, take-home pay is around $30 an hour. Uh, But then, I mean, that's like after all of your union dues and everything. So let's just say like you get paid $55 an hour. Wow. Um, But then there's union dues that come out. Your insurance comes out of that. And then uh, they put your money into your pension. So that comes out. and you pay for like the schooling and stuff. So it, it comes out to about $30 an hour, but that's with your health insurance covered and money put into the pension. And you also have the sub fund and we have an HSA like mm-hmm. that pays for insurance. And I think we put an extra like 200 a month in that. And then okay. so that keeps rolling over. So $55 an hour is about $100,000 a year, and you actually didn't pay for any education. You you were getting paid as you were learning. So, yeah, I mean, if you're a young person and you're looking for something to do, this is an excellent route as well. I mean, 30 doesn't sound like that much, but you did describe everything you're getting on top of the $30 that you're taking home, right? So you're already saving for retirement. You already have health insurance. Your union dues are paid. So, I mean, those $30 an hour that you're taking home are really just for your living expenses, right? And then you said before we started talking that you guys um, invest in brokerage accounts. So tell me how you got into that and um, what your strategy is. Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. So... um... Every week when I get paid, I'd put, I mean, it just kind of depends if I know what's coming up or what's not. I actually don't have like a set amount, but usually I'll put at least like a hundred dollars in when I get paid every week. And I use TD Ameritrade and for, I would say two, three years, I've been strictly like just index funds. And I kind of look at what other people are doing and, I just kind of buy into that. Okay. Uh, this year, th- this past year has been pretty intense with the whole stock market. So I've been investing more in individual stocks. I've been okay. kind of learning about a lot of different plays coming out. So I've, I've made some money off of them. It, it's been all right. I know a lot of people don't advise that, especially people in financial 
you know, in fire community, they, they love the index funds, but I've done, I've done a lot of research in individual stocks and it, we've done pretty well. Good. I mean, if you're, if you're informed, I mean, I don't have anything against it. I just don't have the time, energy, or interest to buy individual stocks. <laughs> and I don't, I don't um, need to in a sense, because I feel like I've gotten decent returns on what I do have invested, but I do admire people who take the time to do the research and make those informed decisions. What do you think, Amber? Yeah, I mean, I feel the same way. I mean, I just, with being a full-time lawyer and doing other things on the side, I just, I don't necessarily have the interest of researching the individual stocks. And I just feel like I don't want to lean to my own understanding of, of them because I'm not very much into like math and, and predicting the future. But I mean, if you are, um, yeah, I think that's great. Um, I mean, certainly, you know, you may get to a point where you want to automate it. But I mean, at this point, at least you're still making interest on on your money anyway. Yeah. And it's a lot of fun too. I mean, I drive her crazy sometimes I get home from work and it's just like this YouTube video is playing on the TV. I'm watching another one on the computer and then I've got my iPad and I'm reading like files that it's just like every day. She's like, Jesus, what do you, what, what now? <laughs> hey, that's a good problem to have in a boyfriend. <laughs> Definitely. I am. He has definitely taught me a lot. Good. Really know much about investing. Um, I just have my 401k through work, um, which I went through and like individualized how I want it to be in there myself. Great. Um, my 401k, I believe, is about about nine percent of your pay. Yeah, nine percent of my pay. Um, what that you put in, or like a return every year? That I put in. Okay. Okay. Yeah, because most companies will give you some match so it sounds like you're in over the match yes so they I wanted probably to match yeah it as much great as that's yes. really good because you're still in school I mean when I was in school I wasn't investing um I had like two hundred dollars in savings <laughs> so I mean you guys are way ahead so tell me um we haven't talked about this yet but Tell me about debt. Have you, I mean, TJ, you don't have student debt. Um, Aaron, are you accumulating student debt from nursing school? And do you guys have any other debt or do you have a story of how you've paid it off? Um, so I, I've only gone through one semester, um, but which has only been like close to $3,000 worth of debt for the semester because I go to a community college. So it hasn't been too bad. Um, my grandma also has been helping me pay for my books. So there's only four, five grandkids and we're all a little bit older now. So uh, her gift to us was to all, um, always help us out buying our college books. That's I know she's really, um, with that, I have gotten FAFSA, which they've helped me out a lot, but my job starting so I actually just started my job like two months ago at the, at the hospital down the street. Uh, but they offer tuition reimbursement. Yay. So starting in the fall semester, oh. I know, I'm so excited. Um, I'm going to apply for it. I'm sure I'll get it and go from there and they'll help me out with a lot of it. So I shouldn't have as much debt, student debt when I'm done, um, hopefully. And then um, I'm just, honestly, I'm trying to save up as much as I can uh, while I'm in school so that when I'm done with school and graduated, I can pay it off faster yeah. and mm -hmm. it not be there for as long. Right. 
And you're in an associate's degree registered nurse program at a community college? Yes, it's called okay. Cincinnati State. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And what I'm taking honors classes, which is very stressful. Honors? Yes. Yeah, that is, that's good, but that'll set you apart when you're trying to get a job. Yes. Did you have a question for them, Amber? I was just going to say, what questions do you have for me and Brenda um, as far as our journeys are concerned? And I know you guys have watched a little bit of the podcast, and so maybe you could just talk a little bit about, um, you know, what we can help you with or, or what questions you have. Um, I mean, like you said, I kind of, I've kind of gone off on my own little tangent as far as my investing, but as far as like budgeting, I don't think we do as well. I mean, we're 23. We both have car payments. You, when you asked about debt, my, the only debt I have besides my mortgage, which I don't count personally, but the only debt other than that is my car payment, which it's like $300 a month. I think I owe like 14,000. The car's probably worth 25. So I'm fine there. Although it's not like the best situation to be in, you know, sometimes I, I, I've even met millionaires that drive Camrys that are broken down and stuff. I'm like, I don't know how you do it, but that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I don't know. We just, other than that, I mean, we don't have any huge bills. I mean, my mortgage is pretty cheap. It's cheap to live in Cincinnati. It's my mortgage with insurance and uh, taxes is still like less than $900 a month. Wow. Um, that's great. But as far as like budgeting, I, I don't know. I feel like we're always like, I don't know if we're like trying to fill our house with stuff all the time or what we're doing, but that, I don't know. I guess that we could work through uh, a little better, both of us. I, I, I'm not here to just blame her. I, I spend money too, but yeah. So do you think it's that you just don't, do you know how much you spend every month or do you know how much you need like for your living expenses? You said your mortgage is 900 and then your car payment's 300. So you need at least 1200. Um, and then let's say another 500 for cable, internet, miscellaneous expenses, another 500 for groceries. So let's just average it out. So you guys need $2,500 a month to live on, right? Mm -hmm. And then, gosh, that's cheap. <laughs> um, for a couple. <laughs> um, so then, do you know how much leftover you would have every month on top of that? Um, I mean, I no, because I haven't really sat down and written yeah. it down. I think that's, ah. and I, and I listen to it so often, like I hear it so often and I still have yet to just, I don't know. I, I don't know what that is, but as far as like the extra spending that doesn't need to be done, I mean, sometimes we do that and I feel like that's my reason why I don't want to track it because I don't know. Mm. I feel like we have our, like, oh, we're fine. And we are, Ignorance but it's like, split, we right? could be, yeah, exactly. We could be building wealth a lot quicker really I feel like you could and I think I think the motivating part would be to sit down you two as a couple and say where do we want to be in 10 years right like do I want to pay this house off you know before we're 30 and then 
you have to get some clarity on how much money you have left over. Thankfully, your retirement and your health care is taken care of through your job. And Erin's also already contributing to her retirement. Um, and so you could potentially pay off that house and not have a mortgage, you know, or be able to enjoy the rent, the entire rental income of that house if you paid it off. I personally don't pay off my mortgages quickly because the interest rates are so low and you, I can make more money investing that money. But if that was a goal, you know, or you could say, we want to have $100,000 down for our next house, then, and we want to buy that when we're 30, right? Then, then you start working towards that. And if, if, Every month you have $1,000 left over, then you save those $1,000 and you have your down payment in 100 months. Yeah. Right? Um, so something like that. I mean, for me, like my goal was to be able to make work optional when I'm 45. And so I asked myself, how much money do I need to save and invest to be able to do that and work backwards? And then I automate that and the rest of the money is for me to spend. Mm -hmm. And then it's just second nature that I know that will happen because of the way math works, right? <laughs> the way that compound interest works. So what do you think about that, Amber? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Um, I think the first step is sitting down and looking at your monthly statements from your, I don't know if you use your debit card or if you use your credit card, but just getting those monthly statements and just looking at all the charges, that was really eye-opening for me. I talked about that on our first or second episode about how I was spending like, I don't know, it was like $2,500 a month. On DoorDash? Um, yeah, on DoorDash. I heard that. <laughs> what? That's what? That is so much money. I just, <laughs> that is as much money as I spend a month being alive. You spend it on <laughs> I know, but I will say I eat very healthy. And so like when you want to get like top shelf, like sushi and like fish and like very like. <laughs> yeah. These excuses, justification. <laughs> <laughs> no, That's but cute. I mean, really, like you might see on there, like for you, it might be like, you know, Amazon purchases or, you know, whatever, whatever you spend on you could probably. Yeah. So it's. <laughs> it's addictive whatever you like to do so I think that really helped me put things in perspective and like okay like I need to start cooking <laughs> we've definitely not had I wouldn't say the arguments about it but I'd say like I get home from work and there's like three Amazon boxes on my porch and I'm like hey uh let's let's calm down a little bit <laughs> yeah but I mean we've had conversations about it but then there are some things that we buy that we need. And then, and then once you do that, once you get the, that's the thing about like Amazon or anything like that is it's so easy to get the stuff that you need. And then the stuff that you want is sitting right next to it at the click of a button too. So it's like, Oh, we could just buy our toilet paper on here. Oh, but there's this sign that we can put in our kitchen too. Let's buy that <laughs> with it. And then, and then that, and it is, yeah, I've, I've tried to stay off of it a lot lately. I but can't do it. I will say that going back and like Amber said, looking through the statement and just being like coming face to face with it, I think is the hardest part. And then if yeah. it helps you, you know, telling yourself, I only have $250 or whatever you want to set the amount to for random miscellaneous expenses. And once that's out, it's out. 
right? And so I do that because and then I'm like, okay, do I want to spend 40 of my $250 towards this random yeah. set of candles or whatever, you know, like Bath and Body Works has a sale and I'm about to drop $70 on candles. And then I'm like, yeah, let me think about this. That's a third of my discretionary income for the month, right? So I think that's, and I know you're young and so you probably don't see, you know, it's hard for you to picture yourself being 35 and like settled. Maybe you want to have kids and wouldn't it be great to not have a mortgage when you start a family, you know, or to have like a very little, a very small house payment, you know, um, or to be able to stop working you, especially because you said your work is so physically demanding and, and Aaron, you know, you may realize in the future that nursing is so physically demanding if you end up doing a role that requires a lot of physical strength. And so you may say, I don't, I only want to work till we're 45. And if you plan that now, I mean, that's very possible. I mean, I didn't start till I was 26 and you know, like you heard me say on bigger pockets, my net worth is over 300,000 now. That's another thing is tracking your net worth. What do you think about that Amber? Yeah, definitely. I would definitely start tracking now. So just adding up all like your pension, because so I work for the government as well. So I have like a couple different pensions, adding that all up and doing a projected like, what does my retirement look like? And then so you know, once your retirement's covered, like the money you put in your brokerage is just taking off years of, of your retirement, if that makes sense. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, like with the 401k or any type of pension retirement plan, whatever, I mean, that has like set ages where like, that's where you want to take it out. But if you want to do that sooner, like there's more you have to do. Yeah, exactly. Right. Um, and I had a question. Have you guys ever considered minimalism? Like, have you guys ever looked into that? Um, I've seen like a couple YouTube videos about it and some TikToks, but never actually like done it before. The reason but I, I mention it is because you were talking about how much stuff you have in your house, like the Amazon signs. And so yeah. I'm, I'm a minimalist. So actually what I do is like, I don't buy any like knickknacks whatsoever, like completely banned. So I never <laughs> buy like, yeah, I don't buy like decoration. Like, I, like these like are- I, blank You blank. got a good point. I can, yeah, I see behind you, there is nothing on the wall. He likes knickknacks. I do. <laughs> you should see the basement. <laughs> I do have a lot of stuff. Like car, like car stuff and like, Posters I love pineapples. I have pineapples. Our house is covered in pineapples. <laughs> I saw that on your Instagram handle. I was like, interesting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's a good point though, Amber. I'm not a minimalist, but um, ironically, we're, we're in Mexico City and we went on a tour this morning and one of the other people on the tour, he is a digital nomad. So he's here in Mexico city for a couple weeks and he, the biggest thing that he carries is his uh, computer, like monitor, like a larger monitor and like a carry on of clothes. And we were like, Oh, but you have a home base back in LA. Right. And he's like, well, my friend's house, like I, that's the address I use. And we were like, Oh, so where's your stuff? <laughs> and he's like, I don't have any. I just have a it's box right here. of clothes. He just has a box of clothes and he has spent the entire pandemic living in different cities and countries 
for three to four months at a time. So anyway, it's very possible. I like the idea of a home base, but I try not to accumulate a lot of stuff as well because I live in a small space. But um, you do have to consider when you're making these kind of impulse buys, like what value is this gonna really add to my life? And is there space for it in, in my home? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And I've actually heard, I can't think of the name of the person that did it, but I was listening to a Bigger Pockets episode and they talked about like, like at least for one month, they, what they, they did, they cut out like everything extra, like Netflix, like everything. And then by the end of that month or two months, however long you say you want to do it, it's like, okay, what, what do we need to bring back? And then like some of the things they mm-hmm. forgot that they even like turned off, like they wow. just canceled the subscription. And then they're like six months later, they're like, oh yeah, we did used to have that, but they, you know, so it was a way to like get rid of things. I've always thought about doing something like that. We've never really talked about it, but I remember hearing it. Interesting. Yeah. I actually cut out Amazon for the month of January. And ever since then, I don't use it as much. Like I don't think of it. And I've tried to make it to where like I'll do like target pickup like if I really need something I'll order it on target and just pick it up and then that kind of adds a barrier like another layer of effort that I have to go through to kind of prove to myself that I really need it or want it yeah that makes sense because it it, I mean Amazon you you don't do anything you can just sit at home and get anything to your house (laughs) if you have to go pick it up and you're like eh it's just a pineapple poster i don't want that (laughs) or whatever (laughs) it's just a pineapple poster that's gonna have to be the title of the episode (laughs) okay so actually just side note if you ever come to hawaii there's a pineapple plantation here and they grow the pineapples you should definitely go it's called a dough plantation but anyway actually my it's funny you say that because like I mean, it's been a while now, like two, three months ago, my grandpa, I forget what show it was on is they did a story about like Hawaii and they did that. And he called me in the middle of watching the, the documentary and he was like, you have to go to Hawaii. You've never seen anything like this. I know you love pineapples. You got to go. So I've always actually wanted to. I just heard about that, like from my grandpa, like two months ago. That's funny. You should come. <laughs> I'm jealous. Okay. That sounds nice. <laughs> Cool. Anything else you guys want to talk about or any questions? Um, Do you have any nursing questions or like for school? I just am going to figure it out. I will. Yeah, I, I think you're on the... I, I think through A&P and clinicals, um, but already working in the hospital as a PCA, I I've already have a lot of, a lot of experience. Um, a lot of the nurses let me watch them put in NG tubes, um, colostomy bags, um, take people's IVs out. Help That's them great. Yeah. yeah, you'll have great experience. It's good that you're already in a healthcare setting. Yes. That's yeah, what I want. They're like, oh, God, colostomy bags. <laughs> yeah. we, we could definitely not do each other's jobs, but we're good for our own jobs. Because <laughs> I'm like carrying beams and like getting cut up and stuff. And she's like changing people's diapers. That is not. <laughs> yes. I I got off work late the other night because one of my patients 
it was taking forever to go to the bathroom. And I was like texting him like, oh my gosh, my patient won't get off the toilet. I'm, I'm going to be off late. Like, he's yeah. like, I don't know what you're talking about. Amber's face. <laughs> I was like, oh my <laughs> We've talked about this too because I, I think on one of our episodes where Amber's like, I couldn't be a nurse. And I'm like, I couldn't be a lawyer. Like, I don't like arguments. I don't no. want to argue with people. <laughs> so it's good that we've, we've found our niche. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Cool. Well, then we'll just wrap it up unless you have something. Oh, I was just going to say my job's also made me gain a lot of patience. Like, with people because mm-hmm. in my last job I worked at a call center doing outpatient stuff mm-hmm. and like procedures and talking to people and they have absolutely no idea what they were talking about and at that that job drove me crazy but being in more inpatient and stuff now I've just gained a lot more that like oh people really have no idea about like anything really in the medical field so I have right. to educate them instead of getting like upset that they don't know it's made me gain a lot of patience. Good. That's yeah. great. That's a skill you're going to need for a long time in healthcare. Yeah. <laughs> yes. For sure. Um, the other thing, I, so like debt-wise for me, um, kind of a long story. I lived with a bunch of girls. It didn't work out very well. And I moved out and I'm still paying rent at that house. Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> He's probably mad I just brought that up. I actually <laughs> <laughs> Um it's just a really bad situation. Like I didn't get along with them. Their boyfriends would come over all the time and I didn't get along with them. So I was just like, you know what? I'm I'm done. Like I'm just going to move out. And so he let me move in with him. I still have like four more months of rent to pay. Mm. Uh, our lease is up October 1st. Can you get out of the lease? Is there early termination? I've, I've tried, but because there's roommates and it's a whole situation, mm. I'm just like, you know what? I don't even care. I'm just going to pay for it and then it'll be out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I already have money set aside for all the rent. I'm just like slowly paying it uh, once a month. Actually, I do have a question about that though, because I she had mentioned something about like, well, I can just pay off the rest of the rent through the lease. And I said like, why don't you like either set it aside or not, but either way, just keep paying it every month because, I mean, it's not like she has 50000 in the bank account, you know what I mean? So it's like, maybe that's money you might need, you don't know. So just pay every month, that way yeah. you don't hurt yourself down the road. But what are you guys talking about? I mean, I agree, just because you don't know if you pay it off, if whoever you're going to give the money to, if they're going to actually give it to the landlord, or if you pay it to the landlord, you don't know that that's going to be applied properly. So in this situation where there's only four months left, I would recommend just paying month to month just because. Yeah. I mean, there's no interest or it's just rent. Right. It's not a lot. It's like, it's four fifty a month, but it was split four ways. I just, I couldn't stand living there anymore. And it was a very toxic environment. And I couldn't be there and I just had to get out. Yeah. Sometimes we uh, have expensive lessons learned. <laughs> yeah. He even tried to talk me into not moving in with them. And I was like, no, 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 it'll be fine. And then uh, I lasted a year and our lease was 18 months. Oh, wow. 18 month lease. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I didn't really get a say in how long the lease was. They all kind of picked. 
you got a say in saying no. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> well, good. That's That's good there yeah. you go. There you go. Um, all right. So we'll wrap it up and thank you guys so much for being open and available and we'll be posting this soon. Let us know if you have any more questions and also for future listeners, let us know if you'd like to come on here and chat with us. Anything else you want to add, Amber? No, that's it. Thanks everyone. All right. Thank you. Thank you.